0: want to welcome you back to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. And of course, we have a great conversation coming up. For me, I get a lot of questions about, you know, what does it take to have the proper mindset in business? Because people will have access to resources. They'll know the right people, but their mind isn't where it needs to be. They don't know what it takes mentally Uh, to run a company. They don't know what it takes mentally to, you know, uh, have a vision for the future. And so I think today's episode, we really need to dive into the mind of an executive, understanding what are they thinking? What should they be looking for to be a successful executive? How should your mind be operating? How should your mind be thinking? In order to do that, We must bring someone on who specializes in this. See, today's episode, we're going to have a special guest. And today's guest has over 10 years of experience in this particular field, in the area of business consulting, in the area of recruitment and staffing, and understanding exactly what an executive is thinking Especially when it comes to developing the other executives or the other talent that surrounds them. And you're going to learn today in this episode why that's important. So, our guest today is Jay Butler, business consultant. You are going to love this episode. And at the end, we'll let you know how you can collaborate and partner right alongside of us. As always, I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network. And welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. We are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and I am excited about this conversation. We're going to be able to talk about developing executive talent and uh, what your company may need to do, what type of strategies they may need to put in place in order to develop uh, this executive talent and then also if you are someone who's trying to launch a business and think like an executive and have that executive mindset we also want to be able to give you some nuggets too so in order to do that in order to have that conversation we have to bring somebody on who has the expertise and uh, our guest today has that expertise uh, jay butler is on the line jay are you there
1: I am here.
0: Welcome to Black Equity Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're very, very welcome. For those who don't know who you are, uh, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company.
1: Absolutely. Um, My name is Jay Butler. Um, I am the owner and principal consultant of Ellison Consulting. Um, My brand, Jay Butler, uh, is jaybutler.com. Where I do coaching, I help consultants, coaches, and small business owners to streamline their processes, their systems, um, prepare them for expansion with preparing them for teams uh, to bring them on to help scale their business and skyrocket their productivity so that they can see, of course, five plus in figures uh, in revenue per month. Uh, My background um, comes almost a decade in HR and talent acquisition, where I've led teams and project teams to recruit talent um, across the United States. I've worked for and recruited for some of the world's largest organizations, including but not limited to United Airlines, Comcast, Xfinity, um, oil and gas companies, including like Halliburton, um, Oh my gosh, Air Lakeed, and the list goes on. So I definitely have had um, a seat at the table with you know uh, leaders and directors and VPs and things, that, uh, people of that nature to come up with deliverables and objectives to help them with bringing on talent that's going to help them meet their um, internal deliverables and and business goals. Absolutely,
0: awesome, awesome. So I know we are talking to the right person. For this conversation. Um, So you're talking about uh, the experience that you have in talent acquisitions and HR. Before we kind of get into uh, what the listener can do and how they can improve, why is talent acquisition or talent development so important to an organization, in your opinion?
1: Well, the engine, especially for large scale organizations. So you're talking about bringing on people to meet deliverables. So if you're having a new product or a new service, or you want to retain customers, retain um, clients, what you're doing is bringing on people that really align with your internal methodologies, internal mission and vision for the company and talent acquisition is really all about marketability the, the employer value proposition and you're winning people on and coming into the company that have um, at the same level or aligning with the mindset of the company the brain of the company so talent development um, definitely has the the key piece with when the hire or the employee comes into the company. To keep them on a trajectory of growth and learning as the company evolves, because as we, you know, as entrepreneurs, business owners, the intention of every entrepreneur I would hope or small business owner or even big business owner is to grow, to scale, to retain and much keep the company in, in a mature way. But the only way you can really do that is bringing on people that are skilled and competent and have impeccable service delivery. So it is important, it's essential to make sure that everybody is aligned, leadership is aligned with what type of talent is it going to take for me to keep this company afloat and grow it to its highest potential.
0: Wow, great great answer. Um, <laughs> so let me go on the flip side of that. Um, so you're saying that uh, it's important to have someone who is aligned to the mission or vision. Mm-hmm. And we may get into this question a little bit more later but what if a company or organization doesn't have a great mission or there's anything to align with, then it's really not, not on the whole, the, the responsibility of the talent. It's on the responsibility of the organization to have that in place.
1: Absolutely. And it goes all the way back to when a person starts a business and, and sure enough, uh, when it depends on the, the, the environment or the thought process of the entrepreneur, because every entrepreneur that starts a business don't necessarily have the key leadership capabilities. They Mm -hmm. start a business based on maybe I'm frustrated or I want to own my own way. I want to make my own money. And then they progress, you know, it contingent upon their exposure and their, their desires to grow. However, going back to your question, if a business owner or an entrepreneur um, finds themselves growing and expanding and they're taking on more clients and customers that they can handle. If they don't have a true vision of where their company is going and you're bringing on somebody, you don't have a structure, you don't have a system, you don't have a training methodology, you don't have um, a consistent workflow, you're going to bring in somebody and they're going to see it's all over the place. Now, depending on the person that's coming in and they've seen everything, they're either going to adopt your ways or they're going to leave. So if you don't have a foundation, a firm leadership, which usually starts with the CEO, you, and if you don't have a structure and a standard for yourself, how can anyone meet you where you are and grow your
0: business? I'm, I'm really excited about this episode because
1: <laughs> both of
0: those two things that we just discussed are going to be two different pathways for us to uh, go down and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first pathway that I want to go down and explore are uh, companies who have the right mission, they have a really great vision, and they're looking to bring on additional executives and grow and develop. Uh, that executive team through talent acquisitions, what is the first step that a company in that position should be considering if they're going down that path?
1: Oh my gosh, it's an amazing question. I would always go back to the CEO. It always goes back to the okay. actual principal, the owner of the company, the in the the person in the head seat. They have to be able to break down the pieces in operational sections. Who who is going to adequately, competently bring these certain pieces into the next level of where we're trying to go? And it goes back to the mission statement. You you may have to revise it. You may have to go back to the table and say, how can we expand this mission? It, It is very basic in that level. The CEO is the brainchild of the company. Um, I tell like some of my clients, I said, as an owner of the company, you're you're trying to position yourself to be the thinker of the company. The higher you're going up, the more you're paid to think. Your operational level are the individuals that keep the engine in the car going. You're just in the driver's seat, making sure that things are fine. So it really goes back to Um, executive leadership that really values innovation, values creativity, and values diversity. So if you don't have the the need or the sensitivity to cultural um, evolution, then you're going to miss talent that could really give you what you need to progress forward in the business. So it definitely goes back to having uh the vision to move the company forward if you don't have that you really can't bring on the people that you need
0: okay so we just stumbled across something here and (laughs) I, i hope i hope you can help me with this okay so how do i think like a CEO, you said mm. in the CEO spot, I'm a thinker, I'm, I'm putting it all together. So how do I, and I know everyone's different, there's different personalities, but what are some core competencies that I can have to think like a, a top e- executive or a CEO or the owner?
1: Well, as a CEO, uh, the, the biggest thing is that you have to be able to bring people on. You have to be able to delegate. Mm. Um, for a person that likes control (laughs) and this, this is the difference between the CEO mind and the work of mentality. There's a work of mentality that controls everything. I want to do everything. They find glory in overwhelm. Mm. Um, there is a comfortability in doing the absolute most to say that with quotations. Mm -hmm. However, when you're going into a a trajectory in your business, at some point you say, okay, I'm taking on clients. I'm starting to make, you know, five figures. I'm doing pretty well. It's time to bring on somebody. Mm -hmm. But if you have trust issues, because this person that you're bringing on is going to have to have, access to personal and sensitive information. Uh, if you don't have that trust factor either, you're not going to grow. Mm-hmm. And a CEO is a, is a key decision maker. If you can't make effective decisions to grow, then you definitely won't do it. And then also with a CEO mindset, you have to be open to innovative systems to keep your processes streamlined and that keep it to a place where uh, there's efficiency ceos have to think on that level time is currency time is money and if you are wasting time because you're trying to do everything yourself then you still have this worker bee mentality that needs to be cured
0: so okay now you be dropping some gems on me um can can a worker bee mentality always be cured are some people just worker bees and that's just the way it is or is there hope for everyone
1: it is hope for everyone
0: okay it, it is
1: the reason why i say a worker bee can definitely transition into a ceo mindset i was one of them okay i i remember my story uh, i used to find so much happiness and joy and glory in doing everything i was working six days a week and i remember this guy told me he was like, "You are literally the hardest working woman I know."
0: Right.
1: And at first it was a compliment, and then I started getting overwhelmed and I started getting stressed, and I was like, "Wait a minute. I don't like that compliment. Okay. I don't like it anymore. It doesn't work well, it doesn't sit do well with me." If I'm starting a company, then my intention is to grow the thing. It's not to sit here and work like a workhorse for the rest of my life. First of all, it takes me completely out my core as a black woman because I'm supposed to be cultivating relationships. I'm supposed to be out there in the trenches, shaking hands. I'm supposed to be uh, doing, uh, you know, activities like this, where I'm doing some public relations and marketing and things of that nature for the business. So why in the world am I doing all this administrative stuff, you know, tweaking content, you know, doing my own books, when I could literally be bringing people on so that I can do the big, uh, the, the money revenue producing activities that the business needs. So the worker bee mentality is definitely a person that has to be exposed and, and be able to think bigger. The biggest thing I tell clients is that in order to go into another realm of wealth production and wealth generation is that you're going to have to invest in information. You're going to have to invest in your mind to expand it. If you are not willing to invest in yourself, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your business the same way.
0: I love it. You're dropping, dropping more gems on me. Uh, You mentioned putting yourself in a position to have revenue producing um, activities. And so if you could, you know, you can't give away all the sauce on today's episode, but if you could, what are these, uh, revenue producing activities that you speak so eloquently about?
1: Well, when you're, when you're growing and scaling, um, the biggest thing for a, especially a small business owner that maybe has one or two people on their team, or they're trying to get to a place where they can hire more people, or they've reached kind of a, uh, a plateau in their business, but they do have a team.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: the biggest revenue producing activity is sales.
0: Gotcha.
1: point blank period yeah. in the story. If you're not selling, if you're not developing business, if you're not cultivating relationships that can lead to business transactions, then guess what? Your business is not going to sustain itself. People drop off, people cancel, people want refunds, people leave. You know, they don't want to do business. You have to be prepared for those types of cycles uh, when you're in business. And so sales is a, is a daily, weekly activity that should be actively worked each and every single day sales is the is the i guess you could say the 60 of a business engine um, if you don't have if you're not selling then you need somebody that's selling right you have an alpha on your team that's going out there and making it happen on your behalf sales and then on top of that also like i said the pr marketing piece ceo needs to be in position to go out and do some visibility work. You need to be able to get out there and let people know that you're there, the company, the, the mission of the business and things of that nature to attract more uh, exposure. So those are just a couple of things I think that when CEOs are thinking about, oh my God, I want to grow, I want to grow, sales and putting yourself out there, the visibility
0: piece. So we've stumbled across something again. And so now I want to dive into this, uh, this topic because, Mm -hmm. uh, I understand the sales part makes beautiful sense. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about this PR and marketing piece, um, being an important part to, um, uh, this world. So I've noticed that some business owners, they don't Mm -hmm. want to do the PR and marketing piece. They want to hide. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily want uh, to be known or be seen or uh, to be put out there. Uh, but you're saying, hey, this is a core, <laughs> this is something core to your business in order to increase visibility. Mm-hmm. How does someone get past this uh, blockage that they have of, I don't, want to be, I don't want it to be about me. I don't want everyone to know who I am. I don't want to be out there out front. I don't want to be on podcasts, magazines and articles, you know, leave me alone. Is there a way around that or uh, is, is it something that comes with the territory?
1: I think it depends on the nature of your business. Like, for okay. example, if you're a B2B, you're doing a lot of business transactions, corporate transactions and things of that nature and serving on that level, you don't necessarily have to be so visible. And if you are visible, it's on a level of conferences, summits, uh, maybe even podcasts even doing some of that work, but doing lives and, you know, all this kind of stuff on Facebook and Instagram that is more, um, focused on the B2C level, um, doing the individual consumers or Mm -hmm. customers, like a storefront of physical products and things of that nature. But if you're talking about on a corporate level where you're having these establishing relationships, on a, on a high volume level, then you mm-hmm. definitely would need to uh, be comfortable with having meetings, networking, um, having conversations over the phone, sitting out for coffee and things of that nature. But you do have to do some exposure so that you can get what you need as a business owner.
0: Because this thing, this business world that we love, it, it comes mm-hmm. down to relationships. It does. And if you're not willing to sit down and give face-to-face conversations similar to what we're doing right now and and Mm -hmm. building, building connection. If we're not willing to do that, you really are stumping the growth of your organization and really yourself.
1: Absolutely. Uh, With relationships, you have to be able to, especially for introverts, like people, I don't want to get out there and I'm so nervous. Well, the people are not going to come to your house and say, "I want to work with you." You have to show yourself to be <laughs> and if they available. Do, you
0: might want to back up. off. you
1: may well. Yeah, you may want to get the police on the line. <laughs> right, but <laughs> but for for someone, because I've had clients like that. You yeah. know, I just Jay. I'm just. I don't want to get out there. I just don't want. Well, listen. It your desire should be bigger mm. than your comfort level.
0: Gotcha. I love that. You,
1: you don't start a business to pat a cake it, right? You start a business to grow the thing and leave a legacy, whatever that means. If you don't have children, find you a mentee, find you someone that, uh, that you can trust, that you can raise up to take over the business. If you transition out of here or when you transition out of here. However, at the end of the day, your first ministry, quote unquote, is to you and your household. If you don't have anything, if you're not bringing up a business, if you're not getting yourself out there to build those key strategic relationships that could bring interest your way, then you are, little, like, shut it down. Like, stop playing with yourself, stop playing with the people around you, stop getting on Facebook and Instagram saying how wealth is this and wealth is that. Like, you, you got to do it. You got to do the work. You got to put yourself out there. So relationships have to be built and it has to be sustained um, and you got to keep going. You have to have your boundaries set and you have to keep going. Your, your desire or growth has to override your need to be comfort, uh, comfortable in a mediocre space.
0: Jay, Period. every five minutes you're dropping a new gem on us. And so I want to ask a question before we go to some other pathways that okay. I want to go down. How did you get into this world of understanding the mindset of a CEO and entrepreneurs and knowing the pitfalls that people are falling into? You built, you know, a really great resume and a really great network uh, in this space. Can you take me to that, that origin? Like when it first like started, how did you walk through those doors and how did that change your life forever?
1: I've always been interested in the mind Mm -hmm. Um, I happened to stumble uh, I was not that that child or that teenager that knew exactly what she wanted to do when she grew up Mm -hmm. I changed my mind like every other year I wanted to be a hairdresser and I wanted to be a journalist and I was you know and when I got to college like it was understood that I was going to college like period and I went to college and I was like I have no idea what I want to do I happened to stumble on psychology. I was like, forget it. I'm going to graduate in four years. I'll figure it out after I get out of here. And, but one of the things I absolutely loved about psychology, it introduced me to the mind. It introduced Mm -hmm. me to how the mind works and I really didn't appreciate it until I went to get my master's. I got my master's in counseling because people used to always tell me, Oh my God, Jay, you're so easy to talk to. So I took that and ran with it and, and, When I went into counseling, I really started to understand behaviors. I started Mm -hmm. to understand um, the organizational psychology the organizational, um, the job counseling, the career counseling aspect. And I used to always be intrigued as to why people do what they do. And after that, when I went into becoming a therapist, um, this before HR, I was actually a therapist before I transitioned into HR. I couldn't stand it, but it introduced me to why people do what they do. And I kept asking these, these questions, and I will always come to the result of that the reason why people do what they do is because they learn from people that also had a history of why they did what they did. It was a never-ending cycle that goes all the way back, generations, because that's how their generation, the previous generation was was cultivating them and they didn't even know it subconsciously so with uh moving into the space of business i became very intrigued i wanted to merge people in business together and human resources gave me the capability to do that and so when i got into the workspace i started getting into understanding um the interview cycle the uh the offer why people turn off opportunities down you know, and why when people got in there floors and then why people get into the workspace and they flop, like what is going on? But I will always look at leadership. And as I progressed in my career, I went from just interviewing people, placing them in jobs. And then as I started to progress, I started looking at why people really leave. Why do people leave jobs that they like and companies that are great because of lack of leadership, lack of poor leadership, mm-hmm. lack of will-and-nilly leadership mm-hmm. um, that don't invest in their people. They don't have structures and systems and giving them the ability, if they don't have it, then asking the people that they hire, like, what are some of your high-level recommendations so that we can help you guys be successful and in turn the company be successful. successful. But one of the things I, I noticed over the years too coming up to recent, is that I wanted to have a business where I see, especially Black entrepreneurs, we have to think and carry ourselves in a way, not saying that the other cultures are the standard, because they're not, we are Black excellence, but what I'm saying is that we have to uphold our level of integrity and standard of excellence so that we can bring up people in our companies to expand the world that we are in we're we're low on the totem pole we're low on uh revenue generation especially black women we're the fastest growing uh group of entrepreneurs however we're least on the totem pole when it comes down to revenue we gotta fix that
0: okay so that's a great conversation so for all black women entrepreneurs who are listening to uh this conversation um Why do you think, from your experience, there has been that disconnect for uh, creating the revenue that uh, many of these owners are seeking? What has been that disconnect?
1: I think the disconnect comes with, because wealth in our community, as a collective, many of us have never seen wealth. Mm -hmm. We have dreams. We have goals. We have visions to start something, to create, it's it's innate in all of us, Mm -hmm. Um, but some of us have never seen what wealth looks like. We've never seen what a successful business looks like, and the era in America for me has always been the reconstruction era. I admired our people during that time where they had so many obstacles against them, and they still decided to own. They still open businesses. They still open uh, enterprises. But coming now into this period, I think the disconnect comes with um, being so used to doing everything ourselves. Like, got to be strong. You got to, you know, work the grind and the hustle and, and working down to the bone, team no sleep. That has to stop it has to stop i haven't
0: heard that one in a while team no sleep i team can't no do sleep. Uh-uh. i
1: can't do it like
0: yeah.
1: like really what is life if i get to that point something is wrong something's broken up here in my mind i have to fix that so anybody that loves to do things themselves and i want to hoard all of the of the actions and and the, the behaviors of my company then i'm gonna lead to exhaustion Mm-hmm. It's going to be you're going to lead yourself to exhaustion. So I think the disconnect really comes into play. Never been exposed to how successful companies really do work on an internal sense and trusting people to come in and help us, and not being afraid to invest in yourself.
0: I love that. Okay, so we we tackled that real quick. Uh, you mentioned it, so I just wanted to kind of go down that path for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me more about the types of companies. That you are working with and consulting with, just so we can get an idea uh, as, you know as a listener who's listening in if they could be a good fit for working with you.
1: Absolutely. So many of the the the, the clients I've been able to service have been small businesses with teams of maybe four or five at the most ten. Um, So I would go in there, I would assess their systems, I would assess their processes, um, really get into trenches with their teams, how their individual team members are operating. Because sometimes if you have some loose screws in the team, um, you have some high performers. I, I really focus in on the high performers. I like to see the high performers do the work. What is their mindset? Um, how are they crushing their goals? um what makes them crush their goals so so massively like what is their mo what is their intention um and i just go in there and i really have a conversation with the ceo and say what do you want to take this company and do you feel like the people that you have will help you get you there um if they have a a small amount of people that they have hired like some contractors or some uh, third-party consultants then we really just talk about what are their needs like the people that you have right now is a cost effective is it making sense from a revenue standpoint is from an investment standpoint and what are you doing to train these people to move to where you want to be um how can i be of service to help you with that so um the the types of people especially when you're talking about industries have been uh, recruiting agencies just because i've built recruiting agencies before um some of them have been um you know doctor, doctor's offices, healthcare, small, uh, practitioner offices, um, and individuals that, you know, call centers like small call centers that are trying to get up and running. They maybe have, you know, got a government contract and they want to grow the business. So different individuals that really want to scale and take their business to the next level with teams. That's you. That's my, that's my secret sauce. I love it. I
0: love it. I love it. Okay. So there's someone listening to this episode right now, and I do not want to forget about them. They are working a nine to five right now, mm-hmm. and they have an idea of starting a business. They don't know exactly how to do it, what to do, who to attract, who not to attract. That's involved. Mm-hmm. That's also important. What. What do you say to them? Is there anything, that any type of services you could provide to someone in that type of situation?
1: Absolutely. Um, For a nine-to-fiver, a transitioner, uh, you usually call them transitioners, they have to get to a place of discipline because your hours are already tied up doing someone else's stuff. So now you're going to have to create time and you've got to commit that time to build your own empire, which means that boundaries have to be set. You're gonna have to have some candid, hard conversations with some people around you, like family, friends. You can't go to the barbecues. You can't really do all the baby showers. You can't do all the things. You have to be able to decide that I have a timeline. I gotta get off of here in six months, nine months, whatever your time is, and you gotta make it happen. And and there's no way around the fact that you gotta put in the work. So what I do is take that individual, break down their goals, talk to them about what, where they see themselves, and then we work on a strategic 90-day action plan. The reason why I say 90 days is because it really takes 90 days for that person to really get up and running in a habit sense that they are consistent and they know what they're going to do. Because many times the reason why we don't grow because we don't know what we're doing every day. We get up and say, well, I'm just going to you know, figure it out. You need to have a plan. If you don't have a plan then be prepared for somebody to have to plan on you. You
0: you mentioned this idea of you're going to have to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Have you found that some people will reach out to you that may be in a nine to five situation, they have this really great dream, but they're not really, they're not really going to put in the work. They just, they just talking. Has that, has that happened?
1: That has happened. That has happened. I'm pretty influential. Like even when I speak, um, you know, I read a lot. I'm a nerd. So we I should just, exchange as, some books.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. We gotta talk about some yes. books. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Absolutely. Um, so when I I bring on clients and I ask them, you know, some of the things they really want to do, mm-hmm. I can almost tell. Um, I'm a very I'm a cancer, so I'm very intuitive. So I can almost tell when someone is really really serious because they really it's, it's an enthusiasm it's an excitement um, there may be a little fear but they're like I gotta do this I gotta do this you gave me something to work on I'm gonna work on it and they also follow up with me afterwards they tell me what they're working on however I could tell when they're on the phone I'm telling them you gotta do this some people are not used to building their own stuff they're so used to doing someone else's things, but when it comes to accountability, they have zero. So Mm. I've had people to come to me and I say, my job is not to encourage you. Right. My job is to help you strategically plan your business. So you can get out of an old mindset into a wealth conscious mindset. If you're not willing to leave this middle class, whatever little class, a lifestyle that you don't even like mm-hmm. into a lifestyle that you actually want to experience, right? This is not going to work for you. I have turned clients down by having an initial, when I have the initial conversation with them and I said, I don't think you're ready. Do you agree? And they'll say, you know what? You're right. I'm not. I. It, this comes with understanding at the beginning of building season, you're going to have to put in some grit, mm. You're going to have to take time out to work the thing. If you don't put the time in to work the thing, it's not going to grow. It's just not. And it comes with stages. Once you get your infrastructure together, you get all it. I see people, I tell them, I will tell a client, don't post anything on social media until you built up your infrastructure. Don't post anything on Instagram until you have a pathway of how people can work with you. They don't just need to like your post. If they wanna work with you and you don't have any call to actions, where are they going? Right. You don't have anywhere for them to go on the back end. And I would see them posting anyway. And it's like, why are you posting? And then they'll say, oh, I wanted to keep my social media active. That doesn't make any sense to me. Keeping your social media active is not a business conversation. It's just because you don't wanna go in and do the back end. You don't wanna set up the build and building it up So that you can bring on the people that you need. You're just posting to be posting. There's no intention behind it. So yes, a lot of people avoid deep work and they stick with shallow work because it makes them look busy and feel busy, but they're not accomplishing anything.
0: See, I knew there was a reason why we got along because I've been hearing, I, I haven't met a lot of cancers, but I've been hearing that Scorpios and cancers make really great friends. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I've been hearing. So you got to give me some game here. You're talking about uh, this, this book world. Mm-hmm. What are your, some of your top five books? It don't even have to be about this topic. Mm-hmm. It could be mm-hmm. about anything. What are, what is, what's currently in your top five right now?
1: Oh, my gosh. So it's so funny because I didn't even know you were going to talk about books. And I'm reading this. Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. Nice, nice By Jennifer Kimbrough
1: this book i don't know why this book was not like introduced to me when i was in high school but i'm pretty like upset about it because this book like is a part of my morning routine it's Mm. so good um also i like 10x rule by grant cardone um oh my gosh um i'm a huge feminine and masculine energy person so yes yes. feminine (laughs) feminine uh genius by Layana Silver. I have to go get the book, but yeah, she's she has a really good book, "Black Woman Millionaire" by Dr. Venus Opal Reese, is really really good. That really like that book brought me to tears. Mm. That's when I was starting to learn when I was transitioning from the work of being mentality CEO uh, about money. Um, Let's see here and. I love like all Dr. Wayne Dyer books. Okay. Um, I love his books. Um,
0: and that's the guy who says, if you change the way you look at whatever that great quote is, what's that quote?
1: Uh, oh goodness. I can't think of it. You know what but I'm talking
0: about, right? The bald
1: head white guy. Yeah, yeah. He's transitioned now. Like he's no longer yeah. here in this realm, but he has had some amazing books. Yes. Um, and, uh, Dr. Joseph Murray, the miracle, I think it's the pow, the miracle power of the mind. I would have to make sure I get, but it's a huge thick book. Very, very good book. It's Dr. Joseph Mur- Murphy.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, are you a, are you a physical copy person or yes. can you do audio <laughs> or is it only physical?
1: I do physical. Okay. And the only reason why I do that is because I try to train my mind to be still and concentrate. Gotcha. I know everybody's different. They're auditory, but I'm, I'm really trying to get into the because I used to be, uh, you know, read a lot, mm-hmm. but with all the stuff, the distractions going on, I try my, my best to sit down and read so that, that my mind can still itself. And then I can concentrate and read the words and comprehend. That's, that's my method.
0: I love it. Um, 10x Rule, uh, that was one of my favorite books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have that in common. I um, have to check out this Black Woman Millionaire. I'm going to have to do it. If it's it got comfort. you crying, I mean, there got to be something to it. Every and Black yet,
1: woman needs to definitely read it. Okay.
0: Sure. Uh, I'm not a Black woman, but I'm still going to jump no, in.
1: Please read it, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, the, the I the always call commission. it the Black uh-huh. version. Uh, um, yeah, I, I've, I've read that book. I think that is an awesome, uh, an awesome read, mm-hmm. um, based off of our flow, I'm going to recommend a book to you. Okay. And it's a little off well, there are two books to come to mind. Um, they're not the typical books that people talk about. One of them is the go giver. Uh, I can't remember mm-hmm. who the author is, but the go giver is, it's up there in my top five. Um, okay. Another great book, ooh, actually, now I got three, Uh, Essentialism, Essentialism, Mm -hmm. and it's about doing only things in your life that are completely essential and getting rid of all the nonsense and all the BS, Um, and then the book I was originally going to tell you about that really no one talks about is called The Third Circle Theory. The third circle theory. I love this book because it actually uh, pulls you out of your circumstance okay. and they call that the first circle, where you're in the middle of it. Um, the, cir- the second circle is where you're still in the middle of it, but you can at least see the other players. Mm-hmm. The third circle is where you remove yourself from your own situation. So you can see everything from a 360 degree. So then you don't take everything as personal. You're making very logical decisions. And so they break down why these three circles matter. Most people, most people have been stuck in the first circle their entire life. They only see them and they don't see how the world's being impacted. And so that's why they haven't been investing in businesses or investing in talent because it's all been about them their entire life.
1: Right, right
0: yeah uh, and they wonder
1: so, why they're stuck
0: mm-hmm. exactly because it, if your vision is really only about you then it, it's not going to grow and expand and be the best version uh that you, that, that it could be in my opinion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah i would i would definitely recommend that book uh where can people go who are interested they've listened to the episode where can they go to partner with you, collaborate with you, work with you, reach out to you? I don't know. Maybe they want to have an interview with you. Maybe it's another media outlet. Where can people <laughs> go?
1: Uh, well, they can, first of all, follow me on Instagram. That's my platform of choice. Um, and they can follow me at um, I am. J-A-I Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R. I am J Butler. Um, in the interim, they can go to jbutler.com. Uh, My website for Ellison is actually in process. So that will be released within the next couple of weeks, which I'm very excited about. Um, it's the official company's website. And um, they can definitely reach out to me. I would love, love, love to have like these conversations to transform Uh, the trajectory of people's businesses. So I'm excited.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Jay, for coming on Black Equity Podcast, spending time with us, giving us some really great uh, nuggets, some game uh, in the business world. Is there any final thoughts for uh, those who want to be top-level executives or those who are top-level executives and they want to surround themselves with other top-level executives? Any advice or any uh, parting words for them?
1: Absolutely. Um, I would have to say everything that I'm saying, I'm also boomeranging back to myself. Uh, this is the time in the season. It's the easiest time to produce, to make an impact on the world. Um, uh, you know, most of the people I'm sure are of black descent, black African descent. Um, and I want us to understand that we have the divine right to be successful Mm. and maximize optimize create as much as you possibly can to impact the world if your mission and your focus is to impact the globe get global don't limit yourself to your state your region really get out there and serve once you get into a place of serving the transactions do follow the wealth follows And this is really for anyone and everyone who's looking to even expand their circle. You've got to ascend dimensionally on a mental sense. So I would have to say just stay encouraged, get around some people that really can see the, the destiny within you and just keep grinding, keep working until you get there. Trust, trust, and trust
0: jay butler thank you for coming on black equity podcast and the doors are open whenever you want to come back and continue the conversation uh keep pouring into our community of entrepreneurs and investors we would love to have you back
1: thank you so much
0: what a great conversation with jay butler she gave us so much gem so much insight into the mind of an executive Play this episode back this serves as a really great reference point for those who are just getting into entrepreneurship or have been in entrepreneurship uh, for quite some time but they maybe have hit a plateau. This is a great reference point uh, for you to come back to. If you are interested in partnering or collaborating with today's guest or a guest from the past, I want you to send us a email immediately. I want you to tell us uh, your current situation in your business and let us know who you would like to collaborate with and what you have in mind. What is it that you're envisioning? Uh, maybe it's with a startup or maybe it's with your current operations. What is it you're looking to accomplish? Let's work together. Uh, send us an email at network at gmail.com. This has been a great episode. I look forward to many, many more. Uh, Just like this one. Thank you again for listening and thank you to today's guest, Jay Butler, for coming through and giving us the wisdom and understanding the mind of an executive. I'll talk to you all very, very soon.